0: Welcome all of our campuses to week one of our new series entitled Mind Games. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. Man, we're excited to have all of you. So, this month we're kicking off a new series, we'll be teaching all month about the power of the mind. I want you to think about every day, all of the messages that go into your mind, whether it's on the news, whether it's driving down the road and you see a billboard. Think about all the information that your mind tabulates. Think about the emails. Think about the text messages. Think about the calls that you and I get on a daily basis. Here's what I found. What I found is that output in my life, where my life is going, how I often feel in my life is directly connected to what I'm putting in my mind. I wanna talk to you this month about the power of a mind, listen, renewed by God. Second thing I wanna say is this. One of the greatest truths that I learned as a young Christian is this. When you get saved, when you give your heart to Christ, immediately, here's what the Bible says, immediately you're born again, watch this, you're taken from death to life. Your heart is changed. Your insides are changed. But let me tell you what doesn't change when you get saved. What doesn't immediately change is your mind. It's where a lot of Christians get hooked up. They, they don't understand this. Your heart has changed. Your insides are changed. Watch this. But your mind still needs to be changed. I want to talk to you about the power of the mind. Maybe you have recently been dealing with what I would call mind games. Here's a thought. Is my marriage going to make it? What's going to happen? If something doesn't change, maybe I'm going to be like my mom or my dad, or maybe I'm going to go down that same road. How about this one? What's going to happen to my kid? You hear a report, somebody tells you something about their child, and immediately, watch this, and immediately you have that thought, what about my kid? Watch this. Then you begin to feel that thought. And then you start going down the trail. What about my gosh? There's a notice that goes out at work, and there's a potential downsizing. And immediately you think, my gosh, how's that going to affect me? How am I going to pay my bills? It's not to suggest that we don't have legitimate concerns. It's a whole other ball game when the enemy torments our minds. Everybody say mind games. You know, there is sports, of course, we love sports, South Louisiana, Mississippi, our Atlanta congregation, I I know everybody, we're so excited that fall, people excited, of course, in our New Orleans area, the Saints, LSU, and Baton Rouge, And, and can I tell you guys something, the biggest games this fall are not at Tiger Stadium or the Superdome. Uh, the biggest games, we just went through the Olympics, by the way, uh, the Winter Olympics. The biggest the biggest games are not the Winter Olympics. It's not going to be 100,000 people in Baton Rouge. The biggest game is going on what's right here in your mind. Everybody say mind games. The question is, what have you been allowing to go through your mind? Maybe it's not a current thing. Maybe it's not a current voice, but maybe it's a voice from the past. Maybe it's a voice from a coach or a teacher. You don't have what it takes. You'll never. You can't. You won't. And if you start meditating on that thought, and then you start feeling that thought, oh my gosh, then you start making decisions based upon those feelings and thoughts. Boy, now you're in a real war. Mind games. Every day we have to choose what we allow to go into our minds, We can reject it or we can receive it. I believe the stress, the anxiety, the worry that we all feel in our lives is directly proportional to what we've allowed to go into our minds. Matter of fact, you are where you are today. You have what you have today. The direction that you're going in today is directly proportionate to what you've allowed to go into your mind. I'm going to say this again. When you become a Christian, Pastor, I thought when I became a Christian, I mean, like, I'm a new person. You are on the inside. You're transformed. You've been brought out of the kingdom of darkness. You've been placed into the kingdom of light. Your heart has changed. Your spirit, the inside, but your mind still needs to be renewed. The power of the mind. Question, what's been going through your mind? I, uh, I'm an avid history reader. I love to read history at... I love to study history. It's just amazing, and, and particularly sports history. I, I'm an avid fan towards that, and, and i never forget reading about Roger Bannister. In 1954, Roger Bannister, who was the first, this is cool, the first human being, 25 years old, he was a British medical student at Oxford University. He was the first human being to ever break the four-minute mile. You can check it out, three minutes and 59 seconds, Roger Bannister, 1954. Hey, guys, can I tell you something that's amazing? Watch this. 41 days after he broke it, another person broke it. 357. Within three, listen, within three months, another two or three. Within, watch this, by 1978, 200 people. Can I ask you a question? Do you think it was impossible to break the four-minute mile, or was it just a mindset that said it's impossible? Don't, don't tell me, listen, don't tell me that you can't change. Number one, Christ will change your heart. But number two, the power of God's word will change your mind. In other words, to eradicate the I can't, I won't, that the, the, I'm not, I, I, I'll i never be. Well, you know how grandma is, you know, and they just told me all the uncles, and just everybody in our family, we've just all been this. We've all been alcoholics. We've all been kind of defeated. Nobody's ever gone to college. We can't ever achieve. We can't. Wait, wait, time out. Not according to the Bible. Uh, not according to what... God says about you. Question, what have you been allowing to go into your mind? Oh, man, there's a lot of opportunity today. A lot of opportunity to allow the impure, to allow the negative, oh, man, to flood your soul. And here's the point. There's an enemy. By the way, for those of you that are checking out Christianity, we really believe, this is not a Greek play where there's an antagonist and a protagonist in a mythological sense. We really believe there's a real God and there's a real devil. By the way, the devil is a created being. God is the creator. And what does the enemy want to do? He wants to watch us. He wants to seduce your mind. Listen to what the scripture says. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. Paul writes to the church at Corinth. He says, To keep Satan from getting the advantage over us. For we are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. The word wiles there is actually the word strategy. So, the Bible is telling us that there's a strategy. And the strategy is for hell itself, watch this, to implant thoughts into your mind. I've often said this, I believe that at every crib, in every life of a baby, God has a plan for that child. God has a purpose for that child. But can I tell you something? The enemy also has a purpose for that child. And let me tell you how the enemy wants to seduce that child. Watch this, by planting thoughts in their mind. Pastor Steve, can the devil read my mind? No, but here's what he can do. He can suggest thoughts and then evaluate your behavior. See, the point is, is that we begin to walk with God. We can identify the negative, the impure, the sinful, and we can begin to reject that. A wrong or a false belief is a lie. Question, question. I wonder how many lies have we allowed in our minds. And here's the problem. Once you begin to feel what you're thinking, oh, it feels so true, even if it's a lie. I did this graph a number of years ago, and I was actually thinking about enhancing it, putting some color stuff on it, but I thought, no, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you straight up what I've taught for 23 years. And so for those of you at all of our locations, this is important because this will help you to see the progression. All right, if you can pull that up for me. Everything begins with a thought. Pastor, I just don't like, I don't like the direction of my life. I don't like where my life's going. All right, <clears throat> how do you change where your life is headed? You actually have to go back and change what you've allowed to go into your mind. Because here's the deal, everybody say thought. What you start thinking, you allow that habitual thought pattern to go and germinate in your mind. Watch this, it's not long before you start feeling what you're thinking. And then you start making, watch this, choices based upon what you feel and think. Because once you feel something and it feels so right, you start making choices and decisions. And then the next step is that actually begins to form habits in your life. And then that forms your character. And then, watch this, it then points the direction of your life. So if you want to change, if you're not happy with where your life is, if you're not happy with what you're experiencing in life, go back and challenge what's going into your mind. What's going on in your mind the Bible says in John chapter 10 verse 10 the thief that's the devil that's the antagonist the thief does not come except to steal to kill and destroy pastor how does the enemy do that how does he practically steal how does he kill? how does he steal the dreams and and how does he kill purpose and how does he do that I tell you how he does that he does that watch us by suggesting a thought let me give you a scripture Ephesians chapter 6, one of the classic warfare chapters in the Bible, powerful about spiritual warfare. And a matter of fact, they did a series on that two or three months ago, but there's an interesting verse in here. Paul talks about this. Here's what he says. He says, there is something that the enemy wants to put into your mind, Ephesians chapter 6, and here's what Paul calls it, the fiery, watch this, the fiery darts of the wicked one. What is a fiery dart? i tell you what a fiery dart is. It's a satanic suggestion from hell. You can't change. You'll always be like that. You'll never become. Does that make sense? In other words, it's a thought that tries to limit what God has created you to be. It's a thought of hopelessness. It's a thought of despair. And if you start thinking on that so he can suggest the thought, and if you start feeling that thought, oh man, it feels so true. And yet, <clears throat> the Bible admonishes us to reject the impure, the hopeless, the despairing thought. In contrast, the mind, listen, the mind, and I want to just say this as well, because I'm going to be teaching all month on this, I'm not talking about the brain. Uh, the brain is the physical control center of the nervous system. I'm not talking about physiologically the brain. I am talking about the mind, which is the central part of the soul. It's the integration of, the, of what you think and what you feel and, and, and the decisions that you make. And by the way, this is where the battleground is for the Christian. It's right here. It's not LSU State. That's not the biggest games. The biggest game is the manipulation of the mindset. And by the way, somebody said, well, Pastor, you know what? Before I started walking with God, I felt like, man, everything was going well with my life. First of all, that's not true. You've got amnesia. Your life was horrific. It was terrible. The devil would like to convince you of that, but let's just kind of follow that train of thought, all right? Let's just follow it. Let's just have fun just for a moment. Okay. If there is more of an adversity against your life after you become a Christian, could it be that you've switched jerseys? Could it be that you used to have an Atlanta Falcons jersey and now you have a Saint? Could, are you with me? I know everybody enjoyed that over in Atlanta, by the way. <clears throat> By, by the way, you are now, listen, you are now walking against traffic. That's why there's adversity. You're now rejecting what, what is the natural, what I would call, the natural morass and current of our culture and all of the things that are antithetical to Christ. And now you are coming against that in your mind. I want to look at a chapter, or actually a couple of verses in a powerful chapter, Ephesians chapter 6, I would call the classic spiritual warfare chapter in the Bible in the New Testament. But there's three or four verses in 2 Corinthians that are so powerful. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul's writing something here and it's so powerful. He's writing to the church at Corinth and, and here's what he says. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, remember where the battleground is. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. There's a war going on. You can just kind of rationalize it away. It's not really a big deal. No, there's a war going on. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Watch this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not earthly. They're not human in that sense. But mighty in God, watch this, for the pulling down of strongholds. You're going to see that renewing the mind and addressing the mind is a lot about taking off and putting on. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every, what's that next word? Come on, at the count of three, can we say it? One, two, three, bringing every thought. There it is, that's the battle right there. The battle's in your thought life. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. At the end of verse 4, there's a very important word I want to focus in on. It's the word stronghold. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a negative mental attitude that comes as a result of continually believing misbeliefs or lies. Misbeliefs. Or lies by the way this is a very very powerful word. it's an ancient term matter of fact it's one of the oldest Greek words used in the New Testament and let me tell you what it depicts two things number one a stronghold here's what it denotes initially it was a fortress but it was actually used as well in language to depict a prison now I want you to think about this for a moment Paul says that when our minds he says, we have to be careful to not allow, watch this, a fortress or a prison to be formed in our minds, a stronghold. A stronghold, what is it? A negative belief system that you've believed to be true that now, watch this, keeps out. What does a fortress do? A fortress has huge walls, and it keeps out those so that they cannot get in. You go to a small group, you're struggling. You're dealing with things. People notice that. They sense that. Hey, man, can I just pray for you now? I don't, I don't need prayer. I'm good. Hey, man, are you okay? Are you going through something? Hey, man, I'm good. I, I don't need. I don't. I, I don't. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? When somebody has a stronghold, by the way, let me tell you how sneaky the devil is. He puts a thought in your mind, gets you to feel that thought. Hold oh man, he wants you to act on that thought. Then he shames you for actually doing the thing that he suggested to begin with. So now you feel the shame based upon those thoughts because you think everybody else in the small group is so holy and the enemy goes, You're the only one, 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 one. <laughs> Boy, doesn't the devil do that to everybody? You're the only one. Your kids are the only one. You are the only one that dealt with this. You're the only person that ever had an argument going to church. You're so unholy. (laughs) Uh, uh, Years ago, there was a van and there was a family and they were just going back and forth and the whole thing. And and I saw them and I was in the parking lot and I was trying to come around. And boy, let's just say they're having a healthy discussion. And they got out, and I saw them, and I walked in. And they went, hey, pastor, good to see you. <laughs> We've all experienced that. But the devil doesn't fight fair. You know, put that thought, here's what a fortress does. Here it is. This is what a stronghold does. It keeps those out that it could actually help you. But it doesn't only do that. that. That word also suggests it's a prison to keep you bound and within. So it keeps you bound. It keeps you bound in shame to your past. It keeps you bound in a place of hopelessness. And how many times? Listen, I've had so many conversations. I remember having a conversation with a guy one time, and it's like, Pastor, man, I just, I just feel like I, I feel like I take two steps forward, but three steps backwards. I feel like when I start getting traction in my walk with God, I feel like I, I, I'm moving forward, almost like a bungee cord. You guys know what about? It's like, and then I'm just pulled back. And, and and I and I said, let me just tell you why. Listen, he goes, and I wonder. If I'm saved. No, you're saved, but your mind needs to be renewed. You're, You're saved, but you've got to reject the impure. You've got to reject the enemy's lies, and you've got to put on truth. Yeah. A stronghold. That word stronghold is an interesting word. We've got to understand what it is. We've got to understand our responsibility. And by the way, strongholds don't just pop up in people's minds overnight. It's it's a years of of the enemy suggesting. Let me just tell you why this is so important that you understand this, particularly when you go through very painful circumstances, particularly as a child, when a child goes through a, they go through an abuse, something happens, there's a trauma. Let me tell you who's right there ready to interpret to that child what that trauma means to them. It's the devil. Let me tell you something. You're no good. You're dirty. You'll never. You can't. Let me tell you what God wants to do. I can restore. I can redeem. I can use it. Turn it around for your good and God's glory. That, that, that's what God wants to do. Don't, 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 listen, don't allow the enemy, don't allow the enemy to name you with the pain that you've gone through. Don't allow the enemy, don't let trauma name you. Don't let pain name you. Let God's word, what God says about your life, who God says that you are, that's who you are. And so a stronghold begins what? It begins begins with a thought where the enemy wants to help reinterpret from a demonic perspective of what God is not going to do in your life, of what's not going to happen in your life, and you've got to reject it. You've got to take responsibility. Christ saves you, but it's our responsibility to cooperate with God's word. Let me tell you about two different types of strongholds. Number one, there's what I call rational strongholds. A rational stronghold is somebody that I would consider highly concrete sequential in their thought process. Scenario planners, bucket A, bucket B, bucket C, they go through it. They're very linear in their thoughts and they can rationalize away from walking in faith. You're starting a new business, you're trying to do something, and God says, go share Christ with somebody. I can't do that. I don't have time. I can't lead a small group. I can't do any of this stuff for God. Why? Because after all, I don't have time. I can't do it. I've got, wait, time out, time out. Since when do we have to have all? all of everything figured out before we obey God a rational stronghold it can be very seductive to those that are highly concrete sequential those that are scenario planners those that those that that really like it in a linear fashion by the way i can fall into this all the time because let me tell you faith listen causes you to step out even when you don't see we walk by faith not by sight it's not like, mom well, and obey God. Why? Because one plus one equals two, and two plus. No, 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 no. It's because God said. It. It's a rational stronghold. And we have to make sure that we are not beholden to that. We have to make sure that we're not seduced by that. Number two, they're what I call irrational strongholds. Irrational strongholds are just things that are just chaotic, they're erratic, they don't make sense. It's where we get stuck in areas. We feel it's these phobias, these different things. And, I, and I, I've never publicly said this before, but there's times, particularly the last six or seven years, it's kind of crazy, but when I get on airplanes, I used to think, oh, it's so cool to go on airplanes, now it's like, no, it's not, because if you go on an airplane, it means you need to pack, and that's demonic to have to pack, you know what I'm saying, and then you got to unpack, that's even worse, you know what I'm talking about, but about six years ago, it was crazy, I was sitting on an airplane, and all of a sudden, I had this massive kind of claustrophobic deal, I'm like, I can't get out of here, this is like crazy. And I just, I felt, and uh, you know what happens? Your adrenaline kind of rises up. You get hypervigilant, right? When you get scared and your adrenaline goes up, you get hypervigilant. And I'm like, and I could feel it on the inside. And it kind of happened for a couple years. I don't know if it's because things happened in my life, but it was kind of, it was was irrational. It it, 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 didn't, what am I going to do, open the door and jump? (laughs) But but I've had to learn, and I've actually shared that. with I've had to learn. I just, I've got to breathe. I've got to reject the negative, I've got to put on what God says. God is my refuge. God is my strength. But here's the point. It's totally irrational. Oh, Pastor Steve, how could you be going on an airplane to go preach somewhere to preach faith and to see somebody being set free by Christ, and yet you're dealing with the fear of you know, being squeezed in this little tube as it flies through the air? I'm going to tell you something. It's called irrational strongholds. And that's why we've got to tear them down. Everybody say tear them down. Yeah. We've got to tear them down. Rational strongholds in the mind and emotions and the imagination are extreme and unfounded. But we've got to, listen, we've got to take our responsibility. All right, so what do we do? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I'm setting up the series for this week, and it's this month, and it's so important. I'm not going to give you too much. I'm going to give you a power thought, one thought that I want us to begin to address this week, just one. And then I'm going to come back next week and I'm going to build on it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Here's what Paul said. All right, you guys ready? Three people. Praise God. All right, here we go. <laughs> let, 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 okay, this is, you know, we got to, are you guys ready? Yes. All right, here we go. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Here's what Paul said. Now, this is important. This is going to be, this is it's what I call a power Bible thought, right here. Here it is. Paul says this bringing every, what's that next word? Say it out loud. Thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, watch this. Notice Paul didn't say bringing the devil into captivity. He's already been in captivity, he's already been defeated at the cross. Let me tell you something the only power the enemy has over your life is the power of deception if you believe his lies. That's it. Paul said, Paul said that we, now remember this, I want to be very clear. We are saved by the grace of God. Our trust in what Christ did on the cross for us. We're transformed. We're taken, don't miss this, from death to life. We're brought from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. Our names are written down, the Bible says, in the Lamb's Book of Life. But, when you get saved, your heart's transformed, watch this, but your head's not. The battle, ground for the Christian. And by the way, where the enemy gets lies into the heart is he goes through the head. He goes through the mind. One of the most important things that a Christian can understand is that we actually have the responsibility and the authority in Christ to choose our own thoughts and to reject and challenge negative sinful thoughts. Paul said, watch this, every thought into captivity. Now, let me give you the term here. I almost thought about bringing a spear in because this is actually the image here in the Greek language. In Bible times, of course, you guys know warfare. You know how that is, hand-to-hand combat warfare. And the concept here, the bringing captivity, is when one army defeats another army. And while you're keeping them at bay, watch this, in in a sense of being captured, you have a spear and you're holding them like that. It's like before handcuffs. And you've got them, watch this, and you've got them at bay. All right. So here's the concept. This is literally the Greek illustration image here. So here's what Paul says. He says, we are, kept, watch this, we take every thought captive. In other words, that thought you won't. You can't. You'll always be in this sin pattern. You'll never be set free. Oh yeah, somebody else can be free, but you can't be free. You'll always deal with worry. Your grandma was a worrier. Your great-grandmother's a worrier. It's in a family tree. I mean, Legacy.com, they'll say, your family. I mean, they'll just tell you that. The Bible says that we have to take those thoughts, watch us captive. So we hold a spear. But the reality is we don't hold a physical spear. We don't hold that thought at bay with a physical spear. We actually hold that thought at bay with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We, We hold it at bay. Now don't miss this. Paul says... Taking every thought. What does that mean? That means when any thought comes in your mind that is not lining up with the word of God about who God is, about who you are in God, about the, the possibilities of your life, walking with God. Watch this. We have to take that thought captive. No, no, no. You don't define me. You don't define my future. You don't have the last word on my family. You don't have the last word on my kids. God has the last word. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and I shall be saved. Me and my household, Acts 16, 31. That's what the word says. That's what the word says. Well, you're always going to be in this sin path. You're never going to be set free. No, no, no. The Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. What are you doing? You're challenging that thought. And by the way, right when you challenge that thought, it puts up a little bit of a bigger fight. But if you'll stay and you'll keep that spear of the word again, that's a lie. I reject. And by the way, use your mouth. How did, the devil, how, how, how did Jesus defeat the devil in the wilderness? I tell you, oh, he did it. He didn't think him away. Oh, you devil. He didn't go, take that. <laughs> Here's what he did it is, come on, everybody, say it, written. And he spoke the word. You have a lie that comes into your life. You start walking with God. You see this lie in your life. You, you get that word, that promise of the word of God. You start declaring it. You know what you're doing? You're declaring. You, I'm telling you, you're holding that thought captive. No, 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 no. You don't define who I am. No, you don't define my life. You don't define my kids. You don't define my business. You don't define my future. No, no, no. You don't. No, no. This, this is what God says about me. This is what God says about my life. This is what God says about my faith. This is what God says about my mind, my heart, my hope. It's what God says. So what, what have I said? What have I said? Pull my chart up one more time. Here's what I've said. Everything begins with a thought. Everybody say thought. When you become a Christian, your heart is changed, but your mind is not. I'm going to teach you next week the power of mind renewal. This is first step. Remember this. What you think determines what you feel. Here's the problem with feelings. Feelings, by the way, should never be dictators. They're indicators. Feelings are indicators of what you've been thinking. I'm scared. I'm just so scared lately. I don't know why I'm scared. You're either scared from a conscious thought you've been exposing your mind to or a subconscious thought we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring up to address it because of a lie you believed about yourself in the past. But we don't have to be hostage to that. No, we're going to hold that thing hostage. Everybody say thought. Thought. Pull my chart up. Come on now, cooperate. Here we go. (laughs) Those guys are awesome. All right, here we go. Everybody say thought. Thought. Everybody say emotion. By the way, that's why we want to, listen to me, that's why we want to attack negative, sinful, worldly thoughts at the thought level. That's the shallowest part of your soul. We, we don't want to have to feel the lie. It's much easier to get it out and reject it at the thought level. It's tougher at the feeling level. But by the way, I've got good news for everybody at every location. Here's some good news. You are still not what you feel. You're not what you feel. You may be feeling a lie about yourself. We're going to reject it. Pastor, I want to feel differently. Then we've got to input different things to get different feelings. All right, here we go, two, two, two things, two things and we're done, here it is. Pastor Steve, what do you say? Number one, we're saved by the grace of God, but watch this, number one, we've gotta take responsibility for our thoughts. Listen to me, I wanna give you a thought. You have the ability and the authority, this is important, I want everybody to hear me, to control what you allow to go in your mind. I'm not just talking about external inputs that come into your mind, I'm talking about things that are in your mind, you have the ability, to, to, to push them out. And you push them out by thinking different thoughts, but by speaking different words. I'm going to teach you in the weeks to come how your, words actually f- how your words actually feed what can go in your mind. And it's a process. It's powerful. Number one, we've got to take responsibility for our thoughts. And number two, we've got to submit our thoughts to the Word of God. We've got to submit them. Paul says, bring every thought. Here it is. Bring every thought into obedience. Listen. To the Word of God, to the Word of God. I, I believe, if you'll stick with me this month, stick with me these next five weeks, I believe God's going to transform your life. Listen to me, there are Christians all over the world that live defeated lives, not because Jesus didn't die on the cross, not because they're not going to heaven, it's because they don't understand the power of renewing their minds. I believe that God not only wants to transform your heart, but He wants to transform your life. He wants to transform every aspect of your life, and it begins Submitting to Christ and then allowing the Word to renew your mind. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. Every one of our campuses, if you're not sure about your relationship with God, I want to just pray with you. Those that are joining us online right now, maybe you're not where you need to be with God. Maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. That's the first step. The first step to submitting to God's Word is trusting Christ as your Savior. Do you know Jesus? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? Here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you. Being the member of a church doesn't save you. I'm going to tell you who saves you. His name is Jesus. Have you ever really come to that moment where you've trusted Christ as your Savior? In just a moment, the count of three. I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. Pastor Steve, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure if I die today I'm ready to stand before God. And I want to surrender my heart to Christ. If that's you at the count of three, would you just lift your hand up high so I can see it? I'm going to pray for you. One. Two, three, quickly. Hold your hand up high. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you right here. God bless you, honey. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. God brought you here today, my friend. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. Anybody else up top? God bless you, sir. God bless you as well. (coughs) Wow, it's awesome. God bless you as well. Church family, let's pray. God bless you, ma'am. Let's pray with those that are trusting Christ. The most important prayer they'll ever pray. Right here. This is it. This is the beginning of walking with God. And oh, the life that He has. Let's pray together, church, family, all of our locations. Dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this, say, Jesus, wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this, say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. Wow, what an amazing message. And we believe that there are some of you out there who are making the decision to follow Jesus. And we want you to know that this is the biggest and best decision you could ever make. And we just wanna say congratulations. And hey, we've got some great news for you. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to figure out what it means to follow Jesus all by yourself. We as your church family would be honored to come alongside you and equip you in this new journey. We would love to be able to resource you and answer questions you might have. So let us know if you're making that decision today, you can click the link in the chat room right now or text the word decision to the numbers 822-822 and one of our pastors would love to follow up with you and hear your story. And whether you're making that decision to follow Jesus or you need some encouragement or even prayer, please let us know. We have hosts and pastors who are ready to pray and talk with you. But with that being said, that wraps up our time today. We cannot wait to see you guys next week. Same time. Same place. We love you guys. Have an amazing week.